The Bible Study Podcast, episode 328. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of John with chapter 6. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We did the story in John 6 of Jesus feeding the 5,000, and we continue on with verse 16, Jesus walks on water. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day the crowds that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. John's version of Jesus walking in the water is interesting because it is not the one that we are more familiar with. In some ways, John's version downplays the whole story more and doesn't really get into the miraculous nature of this. But probably, again, that's because John is dealing with people who are already Christians and have already heard probably at least one of the other three Gospels, if not all three. And so, remember, he's always dealing with why things happen. And so, he's not focusing on that so much as he is what's the crowd's reaction in this story. The one thing in that first paragraph there that is interesting is as Jesus gets in the boat and immediately it reaches the shore— I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that Jesus walked almost all the way across the water and then got in the boat and and it turns out they were already there, or if something other interesting and miraculous was going on. We don't know. John doesn't really tell us because he's not focused on that. He's focused really more on this other thing. So the last section was Jesus feeding the 5,000. And remember, that ends with they realize he's done something miraculous and he's given them this food as God gave manna to the people in the Israel in the wilderness. He's now given them bread to eat. And so they go to make him king forcibly. And you don't forget about that because these are the same people who are now getting in boats and they're following after Jesus. And that's kind of an interesting transitional story between the feeding of the 5,000 and our next story, which is Jesus saying he is the bread of life. And so this is where it gets interesting. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So, They have followed him on, and they're starting up another conversation. When did you get here? But he's sort of cutting to the chase and saying, I know why you're following me. You're following me for the same reason I left, which is you want to make me king, and you do this because I gave you food, because you ate your fill. And he says, but then you're hungry again, right? Aren't you hungry again now? 
even though I fed you miraculously yesterday. He said, you're working for things that aren't of long-term value. Even food is of short-term value, and we know that. We eat pretty much every day, hopefully every day. Some of us, at least three times a day. He says, don't work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. Work for things that have long-term value. And then he says, I can give you that, basically, which the Son of Man will give you. And their question, I think, is a good one. What must we do to do the works that God requires? What do we have to do to earn that, basically, is what they want to know. And he basically says, you need to believe. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And this doesn't seem like this should be a problem, because remember, these are the people who are chasing all over hither and yon. They've just gotten in a boat and rowed across a lake to get to where he is. They saw what he did. They believed in him. They believed that he had power from God. They followed after him, and now they're here. So this seems like this should all go smoothly, right? So they ask, what sign will you give that we may see it and believe in you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Okay, so they're still a little fixated, you may notice, on this bread, on giving bread like Moses provided or like God provided through Moses in the wilderness, and on getting that every day, right? Wouldn't it be easier if we did not have to get up and work for our bread, but if we could just go out and gather our bread and eat? It sounds pretty good, although you may recall the children of Israel in the wilderness got very sick of manna very quickly, and there was a lot of problems because of that. But basically, they're still looking for bread. They're still looking for bread, and they're looking for bread every day. Always give us this bread. And then here's where we get the problem, though. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up until the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. At this the Jews there began to grumble about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? And so, even though they have been chasing Jesus all over the place, even though they know that he can perform miracles, even though they just almost forced him to be king yesterday, they are there now asking for a sign. As if they didn't just get a sign, but they're asking for a sign, and he says, I am the bread of life. And now we have a problem 
because they're saying, well, don't we know this guy? Didn't we know his parents? Didn't we know Joseph and Mary? Didn't we watch this guy grow up? Because he is now in the region of Galilee, and this is the region he grew up in. And so now they're having difficulty with what Jesus is saying, and they begin to grumble. And Jesus, of course, doesn't do what you may think, which is calm them down and solve all their problems. But he addresses them. He says, stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the man in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world." Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Now, on this side of the resurrection, on this side of Easter, on this side of the Last Supper, having grown up in the church and those of us who have heard words like and those of us who have heard words like this in communion in the eucharist in the in the meal that we share it may not seem so strange but we have to remember what complete ridiculous foolishness this would sound like to the people he's talking to if i told you that to have eternal life you would need to eat me One, I hope you might not believe me, or at least not take me very literally, because I perish the thought of what you would do if you did. And so he gives them this saying that is very true. He gives them this saying that is very true, and yet completely inexplicable at this time. It's not something probably even the disciples understood until later. And I wonder, later on, when Jesus gets to the Last Supper and he starts to repeat this theme, this is my body, this is my blood, do they remember this day? Eat them as often as you do in remembrance of me. Or did they still not get it until later on? Because it still, even at that time, wasn't clear that all of that Old Testament lesson about Passover lambs, about the lamb that is slain, the lamb that is perfect, that all of that was leading up to Jesus and his sacrifice doesn't become clear until later. Remember on the road to Emmaus, after Jesus' death and resurrection, when it says that he explained to those two disciples 
from the Old Testament why the Messiah had to come and die, then they understood and their eyes were open. But at this time, it's inexplicable. At this time, they don't understand. But for those of us who do understand, for those of us who are willing to receive Jesus and the sacrifice that he was for us, he is promising life. And again, I would encourage you not just to think of this as life everlasting, not just to think of this as heaven, but to think of that as life now, too, and life that continues on from now. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. There will not be a regular episode of the Bible Study Podcast next week, but instead it will be a sermon. If you want to hear that sermon live, you can join me at Bethel Lutheran Church in Cupertino next Sunday. And and if not, you'll get a chance to hear it anyway, and that will be next week's episode, and then we'll come back the week after to the Bible Study Podcast on the Book of John. As always, thanks so much for listening. Want to learn more about God and His will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.